Hey everybody, welcome to Cinema Fantastic right here on Stuff You Don't Need to Know. So, with this little segment that I like to do on Stuff You Don't Need to Know, uh, I like to talk about films that are, you know... I don't really want to say that they're artsy films. I mean, some of them are going to be kind of artsy films. Some of them are going to be out there films. I mean, these are really films that people might know, maybe they don't know, uh, but they're really, really good films that might have kind of slipped under the radar. Um, People might have forgotten about them, or like I said, maybe they possibly... um, even, you know, heard about them, but never really checked them out. So if you've listened to past segments and you hear some of the films that I talk about, you might think, I don't know, are these really kind of artsy out there films? Because I really enjoyed it. I think really what I'm trying to do is talk about films that maybe you enjoyed or maybe you had heard about and weren't sure if you would enjoy it or not. So I think I have a film today that I'm going to discuss that people might have seen, they might not have seen. And I really think if you haven't seen this film, definitely check it out. So I'm talking about 2001, A Knight's Tale, starring Heath Ledger. Um, I absolutely, absolutely love this film. Uh, It's the type of film that whenever I see it on TV, uh, HBO, stars, all that, they they play it a lot. I I, got to check this film out. I, I, I love it. So like I said, this is A Knight's Tale, starring Heath Ledger. Now, uh, in this film... We do run into some historical characters, but I don't... This this definitely is not like a uh, historical fiction type. Um, you know, and kind of doing a little background, uh, reading up on this film a little bit. Um, they kind of called it uh, an anachronism film or, you know... And, and really, you know, the reason for that is, is if you have seen this film... Uh, It takes place in the Middle Ages in the 1300s, and it has a classic rock soundtrack. I mean, the film opens up on a jousting tournament, and we're getting the opening strains of Queen's We Will Rock You. And uh, so much so, it's awesome. Because, you know, if you go to any stadium nowadays, and they put this on the, you know, the PA system, We Will Rock You, um, fans will, like, stomp their feet and clap along, you know, doom, doom, ch. Doom, doom, well, we, we get the jousting crowd doing that. Um, you even see, you even hear some of them saying, "We will rock you." Uh, you know, yeah, this this wasn't supposed to happen back in the Middle Ages, obviously. Um, there's also the scene uh, after William uh, enters his first tournament, and uh, afterwards there's a dance, and you know he's posing as this knight, Sir Ehrlich von. Ehrlich von Lichtenstein of Gelderland and they're all like show us a dance from Gelderland and he is really put on the spot and he comes up with this dance he makes it up and the band starts to play and the tune kind of sounds familiar and it rolls right into Golden Years by David Bowie um that's what you're getting with this film you know this is not supposed to be a historical adaptation at all even though we do run into some historical characters and one of them is Geoffrey Chaucer now Jeffrey Chaucer uh, is known for the Canterbury Tales. The first Canterbury Tale is called The Knight's Tale. Now, I never read the Canterbury Tales. I did not take British literature in high school, so I know nothing about it. So I looked really quick. I went to my great source Wikipedia. Um, yeah, it's it's in name only. The Knight's Tale has absolutely nothing to do with A Knight's Tale. So there you go. Now... I mentioned Def- Jeffrey Chaucer, uh, who famous writer. Um, he is played by Paul Bettany, uh, better known nowadays as the Vision uh, from Avengers and and you know the MCU. <clears throat> 
And what's interesting is, you know, the writer and director pretty much said that, you know, they were kind of trying to go for the fact that there was a point in time where Jeffrey Chaucer kind of like fell off the map, like, you know, for a couple of years, nobody really knew where he was. So they were trying to say that this was sort of like the missing Chaucer years. Like this is like what he did because at the end of the film, you know, when the film resolves and we get our nice happy ending, uh, Chaucer says, you know, I really should write this all down, basically saying that the events of, of the film sort of led him to come up with the Canterbury Tales. And of course, the first Canterbury Tale was The Knight's Tale. There you go. I think that's about as, as, as you know, historical as you're going to get in this film, because this is really just a very, very good film. There's so many aspects to it. Um, you know, it's sort of... Um, the main theme of it is is Heath Ledger plays a, a young squire by the name of William Thatcher, and we see sort of in his backstory that, you know, he's from the cheap side of London, uh, you know, not a noble by any stretch of the means, and his dad kind of um, has him work with this knight called Sir Eric. And, you know, kind of says, you know, take him, have him be a squire, you know, like, like really hoping that his son can go out and change his fortune. Or as he tells William, you know, he's like a man can change his stars. Basically, you know, there, there's no such thing as fate. There's no such thing as, as, as luck. You know, if you want to, if you want to change your life, you you really got to go out there and you got to do it for yourself. You know, you have to kind of take it by the reins and really do that. And the film opens up with this jousting tournament where, you know, we see a full grown Heath Ledger. Um, he is a squire along with Mark Addy, who plays Roland and one of my favorite characters, character actors of all, um, Alan Tudyk, uh, who plays Watt. Uh, they realize that uh, Sir Eric, well, he's dead. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's an older knight. He, he's obviously lived a good life. He's got a big pot belly and all that. Uh, he needs to complete one more pass in this tournament to win. Uh, I mean, he, he's, he's just basically got a go down the jousting track there, not fall off his horse. You know, even if they break a lance on him, it doesn't matter. He, he's just got to make this final pass and he'll win. And they're like, oh man, he's dead. You know, if he's dead, he can't compete. He can't win. We don't get paid. So William comes up with a brilliant idea. He's like, look, I train with him. I kind of know about jousting. I'm going to be in armor. Nobody's going to know. He makes the final pass. Um, they win the tournament. They get paid. So... The two of them, uh, you know, Roland and Watt, you know, their, their sort of thing is, hey, let's take the money and run. Okay, we got some cash. Uh, let's cut our losses. Let's get out of here. You know, William is like, no, we can do this. We absolutely can do this. You know, let's take some time. Let's, you know, instead of kind of taking our money, probably hitting a tavern, blowing it, and then we're all going to be poor again, we could do this. I could pose as a knight and we could enter tournaments and we could win. He, he, he wins them over. He convinces them. Uh, along the way, they meet a butt-naked Jeffrey Chaucer, um, you know, who pretty much, you know, right off the bat knows that William is full of it. He is not a knight. He's not this Sir Ehrlich von Lichtenstein. Uh, but he basically says, look, help me out. Take me in. I basically can forge documents proving that you're a noble. Um, you know, I'll be your, not like really a squire, but sort of like, uh, an announcer, like almost like a PR man, like a rep man. Um, you know, and 
you know, slowly this team is really, really starting to come together. Uh, in one of these tournaments, you know, he's using this armor for, that belonged to Sir, Sir Eric. And, you know, it's old, it doesn't fit in properly, and it gets damaged. Now, they really don't have money. He's going around to blacksmiths. He's like, look, when I win this tournament, you know, I'll, I'll pay you. They're like, you know, money talks, BS walks, pal. But there is a, there is a blacksmith in there, a female blacksmith uh, by the name of Kate, you know. And they're sort of like, you know, yeah, try the girl over there. You know, and Kate right away, she, she's kind of onto them. Not, not really onto them, but she's sort of like... Yeah, just because I'm a girl, you're not going to take advantage of me. Same deal. You pay me or you get nothing. And uh, it's, it's a great scene because um, Heath Ledger's like, yeah, you know what? It's fine anyway uh, because, you know, the other blacksmith said I was crazy for asking you. And she's like, why? Because I'm a girl? And they're like, oh, no, that had nothing to do with it. They said you're great at making horseshoes, but you have no idea how to make armor. And that really spurs Kate on. She makes the armor for him. And then she basically says, look... I'm trying to get to Paris. Let me travel with you. I'll be your blacksmith. I'll make armor for you. And at first they say no. They're, they're, they're sort of like, look, our group's kind of big enough. He doesn't want a secret to really get out there. But later on, they need Kate, Kate's help again. Not so much for armor. The fact that William gets invited to this sort of post-jousting dance, and he has no idea how to dance. And this is a great scene where uh, Chaucer is trying to teach them, and uh, Will and, and Watt are trying to dance. They're tripping over each other's feet. Uh, you know, Kate comes by, and Chaucer's like, you know, look, ask her, ask her nicely, you know. <laughs> and William finally begrudgingly, you know, asks, you know, help, please help me teach, please teach me how to dance. She agrees to it, and she even says, like, she has a great line. She's like, uh, are you going to wear your hair like that? And he's like, why? Is there another way to wear it? And she laughs. So we get this team together, and really they go through it. Now, of course, you have a hero, you need a villain, and that's uh, Count Adamar. Count Adamar, uh, you know, he's sort of the big, he's the big name guy in jousting. William desperately wants to beat him to prove his worth. Count Adamar really wants to squash him down because, you know, not only is William kind of threatening his title as, as one of the best jousters, uh, there's a young maiden out there. And I'm not really sure, is she a princess? You know, she's, she's definitely a noble lady uh, by the name of Jocelyn. And, uh, you know, both Adamar and William have their eye on her. So Adamar's like, you know, you're my jousting rival. You are my romantic rival. So there's your villain right there. He is definitely looking to squash Will at any turn. This is just a great film. It's an awesome film. So let's talk a little bit about some of the actors, um, some of the actors that are in this film. So, of course, I mentioned Heath Ledger. I mean, he's the big guy. He's the main guy. This is 2001, so he's already starting to make a name for himself. So prior to A Knight's Tale, uh, he starred. He kind of got his big break in 10 Things I Hate About You. Um, funny, funny film. Uh, he was also in, shortly before this one, he was in... Uh the Patriot with Mel Gibson. So, you know, this was a young guy that was really starting to make a name for himself. Hollywood was noticing, and the studios really wanted Heath Ledger because, I mean, let's face it, he was a handsome dude. Uh, the thing, thing about Heath Ledger is, you know, he 
he didn't want that to be a strong suit. He didn't want to be the pretty boy. He wanted to be a serious actor. And I think down the road when we see some of the roles that he took, especially his legendary turn as the Joker in The Dark Knight, you know, you could definitely see that he did not want to play off of his good looks. So much so that when uh, I read this, that when they were putting together the movie poster, uh, he was really disappointed in the fact that the movie poster is essentially his face. Um, he was like, you know, that's that's not what this movie's about. This movie is not about me. It's not about this good-looking guy. You know, it's a hero's journey. It's a tale of um, this sort of, you know, band of brothers, you know, what have you. Uh, a historical fiction, a very fun film. You know, it's not... A Knight's Tale, the pretty boy Heath Ledger story, you know, that's not what this is all about. Um, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, he does a great job in this role as uh, William slash uh, er, Sir Ehrlich von Lichtenstein of Gelderland. Um, you know, he he definitely has the grit and determination. You know, he really realizes that this is his chance to, as his father said, change his stars. And he's really going to go about doing it. Um, he's also pretty clueless about women, which is which is really hysterical. And, you know, I look at A Knight's Tale, you know, it's, it's a hero's journey. Definitely, you know, from a poor son of a Thatcher all the way up to an anointed knight. But here's the thing is, you know, along the way, this cast of characters that are around him, you know, this sort of, like I mentioned before, this band of brothers that he travels with, you know, they really do help him out. And it's almost like they're very sort of like key parts of his personality, if that makes sense, you know, like he's got the determination, you know, he's got, you know, and it's, it's, it's kind of funny that his name is William or Will, he's got the willpower, he's got the willpower to do this, but there's other elements that he needs in order to really complete this, this hero's journey, so let's kind of look at some of the characters that are surrounding him, so Roland, Roland who's played by Mark Addy, now if you're not really sure who Mark Addy is, um, you might not recognize the name, but when I tell you some of the roles he did, you'll definitely, definitely recognize him. So shortly before this film, he starred as Dave Horse, uh, Dave Horsefall in The Full Monty. Uh, he was the chubby guy in The Full Monty. He was the one in that one that he started off. He was like, yeah, I guess we'll do this strip show. He was kind of embarrassed about it. Poor body image. And towards the end, he was the one who was like, yeah, we're doing this. Let's go. And he totally had fun of it. Uh, if you are a Game of Thrones fan, he is, or he was, I should say, Robert Baratheon. Um, and looking at his character of Roland, Roland is sort of like the lead squire. And to me, he was kind of like Will's sort of like guiding light. He was almost sort of like his Jiminy Cricket, you know. He, he was like his his conscience. Um, if you kind of look, you know, at a... At a at a psychological profile. He's he's almost like, you know, we talk about the id, ego, and superego. He's almost like like Will's like ego. You know, sort of like that rational side, you know, let's let's not be hasty, let's not jump into things, let's think things out before we do it. The reason I mention that is because when you look at the other squire played by Alan Tudyk, uh, and that is Watt, Watt is pure id. He is, you know, fun and joy, and he's like when he gets mad, he just punches people. Um, and that's the thing is, you know, he's sort of like, 
you know, he he's like he's like like I said, he's like Will's id. He's like Will's fun-loving side, almost like his daring side. You know, so you sort of have the rational thought on one side, you know, the the the, the wisdom and the guidance, and then you sort of have the, you know, let's get out there and and kick some butt, you know, in what. And again, Mark Addy, Alan Tudyk, I mean, these guys are absolutely amazing. They're amazing actors, and I love them, especially Alan Tudyk. Uh, if you are like me, if you are a fan of Serenity, Firefly, you know, as you know, he was Hoban Wash on that show. Really, any role that this guy is in, I love him. He's probably next to Alan Rickman. He's probably one of my favorite character actors of all time. And, of course, uh, you know, I mentioned it before, Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany played Jeffrey Chaucer, um, you know, and he's sort of like... Now, like I said, Jocelyn is sort of like the object of his affection. But really sort of watching this film and breaking it down, Chaucer, you know, played by Paul Bettany, he's almost sort of like Will's inspiration, sort of like, kind of like a default muse, if you will. Not saying that Will was sort of like attracted to him or anything like that. But really whenever, if you watch this film, whenever Will is really getting down... It's words from Chaucer or actions from Chaucer that really lift Will back up and sort of get him back on track and everything. Um, You know, when he is going on this extended sort of um, jousting tournament circuit and he's away from Jocelyn, you know, it's Chaucer that is sort of like, you know, look, let's let's write some things down. Uh, We'll send her we'll send her a love letter, Um, you know, and he kind of pushes him towards it. Uh, gives him a few good words to start off with, but, you know, Will really takes it from there. And then, of course, with the help of everybody else, you know, they really kind of fill it in. And, you know, the letter that uh, Will and, and company write really does touch something in Jocelyn, and she really realizes that she does love, um, you know, she does love Will or who she thinks is Sir Ur- uh, Ulrich. Um you know, so, yeah, Shannon Sossman, she played Jocelyn. Uh, so she's really, you know, where Paul Bettany is sort of like a sideline or a default kind of muse. I mean, this this is his muse. I mean, you know, he wants to change his stars. He wants to change his fate. But then he realizes, you know, that he does love this woman. And a lot of his actions kind of going forward are also to sort of win her love. Because, you know, again, she really inspires him as well to do great things. Um, I think it's a great scene where, you know, he, just like every other night out there that that really wants to woo her, he is, you know, he's like, yeah, of course, I will win this tournament for you. I'll knock everybody off their horse for you. And she says, if you really love me, you'll lose. And, you know, he's a guy. William Thatcher is a man. Lose is not in his vocabulary, but he loves this woman. And he's like, you know, God, she drives me crazy. I hate her so, but he starts losing. And when Jocelyn sees this, and when she sees that he's willing to put his ego aside and his manliness and macho ways aside, she then sends sort of like her little herald down there to basically say, you know, if you love her, you'll start winning. And he wins that tournament that he was in. Um, And the thing that I think that was great about this is shortly after this film, Heath Ledger, uh, Mark Addy, who played Roland, and uh, Shannon Sossman, who played Jocelyn, the three of them starred in a film called The Order, which, uh, I don't know, I might talk about that one. That's kind of another one of these fell-under-the-radar films. I think 
fans of Heath Ledger, when I mention this film, they might be like, wait, what? The Order? What, what was that all about? So let's put that in our back pocket and we could talk about that later. Uh, you know, like I said, you know, we have Count Adamar. You know, he is your classic. To me, he was a jock. You know, not, you know, he wasn't like hanging out like, yo, dude, what's up? But he was a total jock. Like, he was like, I am the best jouster out there. Everything was about jousting. Everything was about proving what a macho guy he was. And even, you know, when he's wooing Jocelyn, you know, she's like, she realizes, she's like, he doesn't love me. He loves the fact that he can get me. I, I'm like a, another trophy for him, you know. Maybe this is where the term trophy wife came from. I don't know. But, um, you know, she really sees that. You know, Will has genuine feelings for her. Adamar really doesn't. He's just like, yep, it's another conquest. It's another it's another tournament to win, if you will. You know, once I get you as my bride, wow, you know, I can really put you up there next to all my jousting trophies. I have all these beautiful trophies, including you, my dear. Um, you know, great, great, great villain. You couldn't ask for one better. And again, we do get a historical character, an actual real historical person. We get Edward, the Black Prince. Uh, he's basically the son of the king who will eventually will become the king of England. But if you know your history, and I really didn't, I had to look this up. He actually uh, died at a young age before he could become uh, a king. And, you know, we see him in the story because he wants to compete. You know, he wants to joust. So he goes by the name of Sir Thomas Colville. Um, we see early on uh, Will faces off against him. Uh, and he comes over, Sir Thomas Colville comes over, and he says, look, I'm done, you beat me, I'm, I'm injured here, but I've never failed to not compete, you know, and, and Will is like, sure, fine, we'll do one more pass, and they basically, it's a draw, they basically kind of surrender to each other, um, you know, Will wins, but, you know, Thomas Colville, who's, again, really the Black Prince, you know, gets to keep his honor, uh, and Jocelyn thinks that's amazing, she's like, he's a compassionate guy, and Adamar's like, yeah, he's a loser, like, he totally could have knocked this guy on his ass, and, you know, he showed mercy, whatever. Well, later on, in another tournament, we find out that Sir Thomas Colville, as I mentioned, is Edward the Black Prince. So when he faces off against uh, Sir Adamar, Sir Adamar, when he finds this out, he's like, yeah, uh -uh, no, 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 I am not going to joust the future king of England. I'm not going to ruin my reputation like that, because if I hurt this guy, I'm done for. So he, he submits, he withdraws this and that. Later on, you know, uh, Colville goes up against Will, and Will is like, you know what? Yeah, he's just like me. You know, he's pretending to be somebody else because he wants to compete. He wants to prove he's the best. You know what? Let's do it. And they do joust. And they kind of come together in the middle there. And he's like, uh, you know, he's like, oh, you knew who I was and you still jousted me. And he's like, yeah, I knew I knew who you are. He's like, but, you know, you're out here. You want to do it. Let's do it. So he, he totally earns Will own, uh, earns the respect of uh, Edward the Black Prince. And this is really key because later on, Count Adamar discovers his secret. You know, this really isn't a noble guy. This isn't a knight. He's pretending, uh, you know, Sir Adamar busts him. <laughs> Will gets thrown in jail. Uh, an angry mob is really coming for him. And, you know, Will's men and women, because Kate is there as well, you know, they're there to protect him. And then Edward the Black Prince shows up. And he basically says, you know, you, you have the heart of a knight. You know, look at this. Like, your your people love you. They'll, they're they're going to die for you. You know, um, 
you just you you just you you really exude knighthood and he basically makes an announcement there that where he says you know i've had my personal historians check and you know he comes from a long line of nobility that stretches far past charlemagne you know and i decree it and i'm the prince and what i say goes so guess what you are now sir william thatcher um this is just a great movie. I love it. Some people call it hokey. Some people say, okay, it's Rocky with jousting. Some people will say, wait a minute, it's medieval, but we get Queen and David Bowie and, and Bachman Turner Overdrive. I think it's this total mix that really makes this film great to me. And it's the performances by everybody, from Heath Ledger all the way down. Every actor in this film is spot on. There's humor there's love there's a great story in there about you know really taking control of your life and making something of yourself is that kind of corny is that kind of hokey maybe it is but you know what i like films like that i love films with a great message and i think this one has a great message and is it kind of predictable do we know that will is going to win in the end yes absolutely we know that but you know what we knew rocky was going to win in the end and we love rocky you know, we knew the Karate Kid was going to win. We love it. We love to see winners. And uh, to me, this film is an absolute winner. All right, so I really hope you enjoyed me talking about A Knight's Tale right here on Stuff You Don't Need to Know. Guys, please go to www.brothersandarmchairs.com. That website will link you to every single podcast in our little network there, the Brothers Brothers and Armchairs Network. Uh, of course, you get stuff you don't need to know. You get Nerd and Me, Fat Guys in Little Coats, Enter the Nerd Zone, and Defender of the Realm. All great podcasts, varied, varied content, but there's something there for everybody. So definitely go. Please check it out. This is Jay, and I will see you at the movies. <laughs>